Hey everyone, this is Achuta Baba from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you guys are going to have a great weekend ahead. Today, we are going to talk about the big transit that's perfecting over the weekend, which is the sun in Libra moving into a square with Pluto and Capricorn. So I'm going to take you through this transit today. We did part one a couple of days ago. So if you haven't yet checked out part one of sun and Pluto, be sure to check that one out as, as well. It should add to your overall understanding of this transit, which is perfecting over the weekend. So we'll go through all of that in a second. In the meantime, I want to remind you guys, my new class, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, starts on November 13th. We're just weeks away now from the start of my new program. Had a good wave of signups this week, so we're um, slowly filling up and getting ready for a new course. Uh, the course can be found on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go to the courses tab underneath the drop-down menu. You'll find the first year course. This is the first of a two-year program that I offer. You can take the first year course alone. So you don't have to take both years. Uh, a lot of my students do end up taking both years. That's good. Um, and there's also a horary astrology course and a course called readings and passages, which I will be promoting. It starts in December. So I'll be promoting that one next month. At any rate, the first year course is a one-year immersion into ancient astrology. This is um, the best thing. Honestly, it's the best thing that I've created as a content creator. It encapsulates everything that I know about natal astrology, the year one and two programs combined. Um, but also, uh, you know, it's really helpful if you're on your own out there studying to have a structure uh, to work with and a consistent use of craft language. Hellenistic astrology is um, an amazing form of astrology because it teaches everyone who learns Hellenistic is essentially learning the same techniques and approaches to astrology. One of the things that can be a little bit um, discouraging sometimes about modern astrology is that there's a lot of practitioner-specific forms of astrology. And while every practitioner is unique, um, it's nice to study the way in which astrology was practiced relatively more in a, in a relatively more uniform manner thousands of years ago. And uh, for the past couple of thousand years, most astrologers had the same kind of craft language and sort of spoke the same language of delineation. So understanding that background while also uh, mining the uh, depths of what modern astrology has given us is sort of the point of the program. Uh, so we, we're looking at the combination of ancient predictive astrology, which is really kind of like the science of karma, as well as modern uh, psychological astrology and the analysis of character in the birth chart. So both come together in this program. Uh, at the end of the class, we have a lot of live clients that come in and you get to see me read for them. There is no more valuable experience after you learn a boatload of theory than seeing it applied so that you can see what it actually looks like. It's sort of like you study astrology at conferences, workshops, you hear lectures, you get a lot of good nuggets of wisdom from astrologers that you like, but then it's kind of like, well, I, you know, you either have to pay for a reading with someone and, and which is worth it. I, I get readings every year. I get readings from different astrologers to see, you know, what's out there and learn more that way. But it's really helpful to like sit down and see, well, what, what is a day in the life of this astrologer like? And that's what the last third of my program is all about is just taking you into my daily craft work with live clients. And then after the session is done, we sit and talk about it. So at any rate, there's a lot to learn over a hundred hours worth of course content on the year, tons of bonus material, bonus lectures, bonus audio, video, read optional reading assignments and quizzes, all sorts of stuff. 
So check it out. The early bird payment saves you $500 off. Be sure to take advantage of that. There's a payment plan if you need it. And we also have need-based tuition. So if for some reason you're hurting financially, you really want to take a course, but you're constrained with your budget, please check that out. We uh, like to make sure that nobody's priced out of um, this kind of spiritual education. Uh, so at any rate, thank you guys for letting me promote this time of year. And we're going to dive in now to talking about the sun and Pluto. So here we go. The real-time clock up on the screen, we're going to see that the sun is in the sign of Libra, coming down that last decan of Libra, the last 10 degrees of Libra. So we're about to switch into Scorpio season. And uh, next misconceptions of the Zodiac video will be on Scorpio too. It's a very misunderstood sign in a lot of ways. So the sun moves through the square with Pluto like this. Today is October 15th. Let's take it forward. You can see that it's within a degree on the 16th. And then on the 17th, we have the square almost exactly perfect uh, by Sunday morning. That's just passed over the perfection Sunday morning. So Saturday night into Sunday morning, we could say that it's perfecting. And then you can see by Monday, okay, things are starting to die down. The sun's separating from Pluto by a degree. But then you can see Mars coming in. So next week, we'll be studying the Mars-Pluto dynamic. And that that's kind of, they're back to back. So in some ways, the two are sort of conflated, which means that if you watch the videos we're doing this week on Sun-Pluto and the ones early next week on Mars-Pluto, you get a really rich feeling for the Sun, Mars, Pluto dynamic altogether, which I also talked about at the uh, uh, overview of this month's astrology in October's uh, astrological overview. So this is what's coming this weekend. And so today what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you guys some of some passages from a few books that I love. Um, you can kind of see over on the side, I have like a, there's a little closets full of all my books. See some of my books down there too. Basically when I'm preparing my talks every day, what I do is I sit down and I usually create an outline for whatever I'm going to speak on uh, after I've done all my meditation and everything in the morning like that. And then I sit down and create my outline for the day. Then I create my content for you guys. And usually I'm drawing on at least a few different source texts a couple of times a week. Sometimes it's more just, you know, stuff that's coming out of me. Other times it's a combination of me and some of my source texts. So I, I like to show you guys what I'm using so that you guys can learn from, you know, the best because most, you know, most great astrologers out there didn't get their stuff from just purely from their own head. They learned from great teachers of astrology who learned from great teachers of astrology, going all the way down in a sort of disciplic succession to the mystical founders of astrology in the ancient world. So at any rate, um, you guys know this book, The Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. Let's see what he has to say about the sun Pluto. I did a, a pretty good coverage of it um, in part one of this video. And I want to, and I spoke a lot about some of my own experiences with sun Pluto and things to watch for. Let's look at what he has to say. I'm going to read a few different sections here. Character and themes of the sun Pluto, a sunny charisma with primal depths. Okay, so... You know, sometimes in the world, there are people who have just, they just walk around like that. It's that song, I'm, I'm walking on sunshine, right? And they're just kind of bouncy and they have that charisma. But if you've ever met someone who has that, but also, you know, it's like, it's like you can see that there's a vortex behind their eyes, you know, you know it's like maybe they're a cult leader even, you know, so like a sunny charisma with, but that there's real depth and power behind it. Um, I'm trying to think of an example of someone who's like this. 
you know who's like this a little bit, honestly? And I have no idea what his chart says about Sun Pluto, but um, Tom Cruise is a little bit like this, where you see he's got that pep and that zest, but there's also like a little bit of a python in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, it's a funny image. Okay. So, and I think he actually might be a cult leader. So at any rate, so um, yeah, sunny charisma with primal depth, sun Pluto, a capacity to focus one's will and creative forces. By the way, I was born with the sun square Pluto in my birth chart. So I do have some of that myself, a capacity to focus one's will and creative forces fiery self-expression, surges of drive and enthusiasm, powerful individualism and force of character. We dare to be ourselves, however frightening or strange that self may prove to be from Mary Sarton, who was born with Sun Square Pluto. Or the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. That was G.B. Shaw, who also was born with the sun square Pluto. Strong impulse pulses toward renewal, regeneration, and transformation, an integration of primal energies, a celebration of sexuality, a potent relationship with nature, quote, in wildness is the preservation of the world. That was from Thoreau, who was born with the sun trine Pluto. A sense of wrestling out one's individuality with the gods, impulses towards self-overcoming and self-conquest, the psycho-spiritual death-rebirth struggle. Man is something that must be overcome from Nietzsche, who had the sun opposite Pluto. An open and upfront examination of one's shadow energies. Quote, there is strong shadow where there is much light from Goethe, who had the sun square Pluto. Or quote, I am as pure as the driven slush from Tallulah Bankhead, who had the sun trine Pluto. The interplay of ego and shadow, the marriage of light and dark, cycles of personal creation and destruction, a need for healing and transformation of one's father's issue. One's One's father, father issues. Yeah. One's father issues. <laughs> so again, I was born with the sun square Pluto within two degrees in my birth chart. And what did I write my book about? It was called uh, fishers of men, the gospel of an ayahuasca vision quest. And it was about these Titanic struggles for personal renewal and rebirth with this potent psychedelic plant experience in the Amazon, which I more or less participated in for about a decade of my life. 100 plus ceremonies. So um, those experiences in my book were um, catalyzed by the parallel uh, breakdowns of my father and my grandfather's mental health. And so I literally, wrote, and that's why the book was called Fishers of Men, because it had to do with the breakdown of certain Christian ethos and a, a Christian um, karma really in my family amongst father and grandfather and myself. Uh, so there's that sun Pluto, right? There's the sun Pluto dynamic, the, the father issues, the, the need for uh, creative rebirth. I'm always doing something intense. You know, I'm always like, I'm, there's always something, some impulse to recreate myself. Uh, and I noticed, for example, as the sun has been opposing Pluto in my birth chart over the past couple of years, um, that was, that planet was approaching my son. I switched from a written blog to YouTube, just decided I was, and I was really scared of being on camera, honestly, even though I teach in front of people, but putting myself out there on YouTube is like a whole can of worms for, I was really afraid of it. And then I just felt compelled. Like I have to meet this fear and so forth. 
Uh, interestingly, that coincided with my grandfather dying. The, uh, within a month or two of my grandfather dying, I started the YouTube channel. Isn't that interesting? So some really good stuff from Rand Butler on Sun Pluto. He says there are some shadow qualities too that he writes about. Tendency toward excessive willpower and drive, obsessive and unhelpful levels of ambition, qualities of ruthlessness, brutality, and aggression, urges to rule and dominate others, the willful flaunting of one's sexuality, a conquering type of charisma, sexual power trips, vulgarity, and offensiveness for its own sake, a pattern of obsessive creativity, followed by willful and conscious destruction. For example, when I was in graduate school and I was writing that book, I went through this phase for about a year where I would write a draft and I was so mad that I could, it couldn't, it wasn't coming out like I wanted it to, um, that I would um, set it on a grill in the backyard of the like house and the property I was renting, uh, like a little gas grill, charcoal grill, and I would uh, light it on fire and burn the whole thing. Then I would start over. So a pattern of obsessive creativity followed by willful and conscious destruction. Check. Went through that phase. Nihilistic tendencies, the habit of acting out one's shadow energies. The ego is not master in its own house, said Freud, who had the sun conjoined with Pluto. A personal and egoic identification with the forces of history and evolution. Involvement with intense men. Willful or domineering fathers. Power struggles with the father. Excessive brightness or perkiness as a compensation for unfaced inner darkness. Those were things that were particularly exposed in me. For example, when I went through ayahuasca ceremonies for a decade, uh, all of that I dealt with. Um, another thing that's really interesting here, involvement with intense men. So as Pluto was opposing my son this summer, I started jujitsu lessons, thought that would be a fun way to recreate myself at 40 years old. <laughs> um, and there were some very intense men. Uh, and one of those intense men broke one of my ribs. So I had a, well, not I had a fracture. So um, I fractured a rib over the summer doing jujitsu and got a black eye, um, which you guys never saw because I used makeup. And... Uh, <laughs> which was fun. Or maybe you did see it. I don't know, but I had, it wasn't bad one. So it was, it was pretty mild, but I had a small black eye and um, I also broke a rib. And um, it was so funny as I was like going through the, the Pluto uh, sun opposition and uh, just looking, I was actually, I actually read this very passage while I was going to jujitsu and contemplating, you know, what I was doing and everything. And I had a lot of fun. So no offense to anyone. I know there's people who watch my channel who are really into jujitsu and God bless you guys. What an intense and beautiful practice it is. Also a little too dangerous for me after uh, breaking a rib. And uh, so then I just said, nope, I'm good. I got the sun Pluto message. <laughs> We're good. Um, but it was interesting. Sun square Pluto. Here's another personal story. And I wrote about this in my book. So in my book, Fishers of Men, um, I, I, you know, this is something that I wrote about when I was young, there was a older boy who um, abused me in my sort of in my um, early childhood. I think I was about four years old. And um, when one of the things that was very surprising for me was the, the, the level at which those memories came flooding up to the surface during ayahuasca ceremonies. Th that was some of the most intense, scary, uh, difficult stuff that I ever had to work through were in my very first, maybe 10 or 20 ceremonies of ayahuasca. 
um, working through the memories of being abused when I was little by this older boy. And that was um, something that, uh, you know, ended up being one of the most cathartic things to write about in that book, even though the book spans a lot of history and dealing with the karma of men and so forth. That one in particular uh, was maybe one of the most memorable and terrifying elements of what ended up getting addressed in the ayahuasca ceremonies, very Sun Pluto again. So as someone as a native of Sun Pluto, I can tell you that I've really um, learned a lot. And also in the Christian church growing up, um, you know, my father was a very, very much a Sun Pluto figure in the sense that he was a very charismatic leader who um, had a background of like really serious abuse in his family. And uh, this is all stuff I've written about in my book. So it's all, it's not like I'm a, it might, if it sounds like TMI, just know that I, I wrote a book about all of this. So, um, and one of the things that um, he grew up with was violent abuse of alcoholism in his home from his father. And then, you know, eventually his father kind of became, um, a, you know, uh, as my dad would put it, I don't know what the technical term is, but he, he became like a born again Christian, my grandfather did but was still in essence an alcoholic who wasn't drinking anymore. My father growing, I'm sure this is not politically correct. But my father always called him a dry drunk at any rate. Um, so this, um, the interesting thing was that my dad, uh, as a Christian minister had never really dealt with that. So when my father ended up having to take a mental health sabbatical because of a nervous breakdown and sort of some suicidal ideations that he was going through and he was hospitalized for a while. And this is all in my book again. Um, it, one of the things that he was going through because my father ended up going to the Amazon to drink ayahuasca as well. And this is actually part of the book if you ever want to read it. But when he went to the Amazon, he, he ended up addressing dad stuff, right? And so it was this succession of dealing with father pain. And that's often what the son Pluto will get into as well is this history of um, pain and suffering in the, the darkness hidden through the masculine, um, the masculine line in a family or whatever the case might be. Um, so at any rate, so here's a few things I also picked from Liz Green's book. This is one of my favorite, but by the way, the last book that I read was from, from the Archetypal Universe by Ren Butler. Ren is actually going to come and give a class in my speaker series over the winter, I believe, or spring. Uh, so really excited to have him actually come and give a class for us at some point. By the way, if you ever want to check out the classes I have, go to my website, nightlightastrology.com, click on the events page, and you can sign up for the, the speaker series are absolutely free. You get to hear three cool speakers. You can get the recording if you can't make it live. Those are totally free and open to the public, supported by my Kickstarter every year. So um, here's from Liz Green's book, Apollo's Chariot, the meaning of the astrological sun. Liz Green is a modern master uh, in many ways. Um, I think that she is single, almost single-handedly her, you know, and, and, and along with other people responsible for making astrology something that can work hand in hand with modern depth psychology, archetypal psychology, um, therapy, things like that. So she writes about Apollo and the Python. Now the sun, Apollo's, the sun is associated with the sun god Apollo. So she talks about Apollo and the Python, and this is a very uh, sun pluto like area of um her text where she's she's basically talking about um 
aspects of the sun that feed right into the sun's natural um, archetypal relationship with Pluto. So this is from a talk that she gave and the audience is asking a question. Someone in the audience says, is the sun activated by crisis? The creative spirit comes out when someone faces a stormy sea, they have to survive. They swim three miles to the shore. That's a creative act. Liz says, they do say that necessity is the mother of invention. I think I mentioned at the beginning of the seminar that the sun must struggle. The sun cannot develop its capacity to give light without a struggle. That is why in every solar myth, the sun god must battle with a dragon, a snake, a monster, or some other horrible creature from the depths in order to fulfill his destiny. Osiris must battle with Set. Mithras must slay the bull. Marduk must conquer Tiamat. Apollo must conquer the python in order to take his rightful place at Delphi. In some solar myths, the struggle is cyclical and occurs again and again. Each time the battle is won, the sun rises again. Then the monster returns, either in the same form as in the myth of Osiris, or in some other form as in the story of Heracles, our solar hero often associated with Apollo. In other stories, the battle ends in defeat on the incarnate level, as in the tale of Orpheus, but results in the deification of the hero. He takes his place as a god. Our sense of solar specialness seems to depend on struggle. The process of development of the self in childhood arises from struggle. The ego forms through struggle. We must fight to get out of the birth canal. We must pit ourselves against our own regressive pull back into the womb. We have to fight our parents. We have to kick and scream and go through the terrible twos. <laughs> I know that one. We have to kick in or we have to kick in or we have to kick someone in order to become separate. We have to struggle to assert ourselves in the world. Without this continuing struggle, there is no solar light. The two things go together. Likewise, when we express the sun, we create struggle. By becoming ourselves, we generate struggles which require us to become ourselves. Apollo has a lot of trouble with Plutonic figures like the Python and the Aranese. He's always struggling with the forces of darkness, yet he never destroys them. He creates a different balance. Because he casts so much light, he makes these Chthonic creatures angry. He himself activates the struggle because he is polarized against their realm. Yet he is also part of their realm and only exists because of them. In some mysterious way, he is the product of the very thing he is battling with because their darkness generates the necessity for light. Woo! Love it. Then she says, uh, also, perhaps we should consider it first in relation, uh, what well, she goes on to say, sorry, out of context here. Let's start with another of Apollo's mythic functions, the breaker of curses. The sun god has the power to release the individual from a family curse. I think you can all understand what this might mean on a psychological level. The sense of being a unique individual with our own special destiny lessens the power that family complexes have over us. And our identification with the family psyche isn't as consuming when the sun is shining. So she goes on to talk about um, the sun and Pluto together as a breaker of curses. So let's talk about those two things together, the struggle for individuation, um, and the need that the, the, and I talked about this actually when I, yesterday in the video on misconceptions about the sign of Libra, and I talked about the fact that the sun is in its fall in Libra where Saturn is exalted and Saturn is exalted or Saturn is, um, in its fall in Aries where the sun is exalted. And I talked about the fact that, you know, in the ancient imagination before Pluto as a planet was known, the same concept was there between the sun and Saturn. Uh, that there's a, a sense that um, darkness and light have a relationship with one another that's eternal. And so um, one of the things that, you know, we have to be careful about with Sun-Pluto is 
it's it's healthy to have archetypal individuation struggles. This is part of how the self is reborn, renewed, regenerated. This is part of how we evolve and change. Um, and it's part of how, you know, enlightenment works, really, that we we chew on our decisions and contemplate the consequences. We contemplate the universe. And through grappling with darkness, we come to a light that goes beyond the literal um, contrast between light and dark. We come to noose. We come to a sense of awakening and understanding, the, the light that goes beyond the physical light, the light that goes beyond the physical duality between light and dark. It's a different kind of light. And this is born through participating in the struggle of opposites, in their eternality. So Pluto in the sun can represent the that exact struggle and the illuminating effect that it has beyond a struggle between good and bad, the, the total illumination that goes beyond uh, right and wrong, good and bad, because you somehow understood that they're intertwined. So it's this holistic light. On the other hand, the danger of Sun Pluto, and this is one of the reasons personally that I eventually, for example, had to, um, you know, uh, walk away from the ayahuasca experience for myself, is that the Sun Pluto can also, um, there, there's a polarization with, you know, squares, oppositions, squares are of the nature of Mars. Sun Pluto says, if you're not struggling with something life and death, overcoming heroically all the time, um, then, you know, you're not really alive or, 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 you know, sort of like hero worship. I would say, you know, in the United States, for example, in particular, one of the main cults that we all worship at unconsciously is the cult of the hero. I'm going to be virtuous and I'm going to save the world. I'm going to save people. I'm, you know, it's political. I'm going to bring us back to the good old days. I'm going to be the bastion of progressivism, whatever the case might be. People are, you know, sold on heroic narratives. I'm going to overcome my problem. I'm going to rise up. I'm going to be sovereign. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to overcome darkness like this, right? It's uh, at some point, you know, along the spiritual path, most great teachers and saints and sages of all traditions have said one thing, that struggle is never ending. That struggle is built into the fabric of the wheel of time spinning in an eternal round, no beginning and no end. So good luck with that. <laughs> you know, like Good luck trying to slay the Python that never dies. You know, it's um, does not mean that we should not engage in heroism. It does not mean that we should like, just like Arjuna is told by Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita, like you, you know, you're, you're not just supposed to check out of the battlefield and head to a cave to meditate. That's not real yoga, according to Krishna in the Gita. But at the same time, he's very clear. Look, this the battle and who wins or loses, absolutely not the point either. So to the extent that we get wrapped up in the hero myth, thinking that victory in any literal sense delivers us, redeems us, enlightens us, once and for alls us, it's just not true. And Pluto and the sun can get into that feeling of, the constant need to conquer and rise above and and that if i do this enough eventually you know i'll be my my face will be added to the uh you know to the to the mount rushmore of uh, uh of of olympus you know i'll be up there with the gods and you know whatever like my delusions of grandeur just keep me fighting and people like joseph campbell how many memes do i see a day you know on on instagram or whatever at times that are just like you know um 
today I'm, I'm one, I'm a hero with a thousand faces. You know what? I'm going to rise up. It's a me day. I'm doing something for myself, all of this kind of stuff. And, and it's true. There's times where we have to, um, you know, we have to, we have to fight some demons and we have to rise above and, and those struggles are real, but the sun Pluto can think that they can lose track of the fact that they're eternal. And that what we're looking for is a light that goes beyond this polarization between light and dark It's a different kind of light. So sun Pluto can deliver that light, but it can also be like the obsessiveness of the altar call every single week when I was a kid at youth group. And I've told this story before every single week, you know, it was like the same usual suspects would show up ready to fall on their knees and weep and repent and get saved. And I was like, well, I never understood. I would get so mad at my youth pastors, you know, I'd be like, they're just, they're being nice. So first of all, they were merciful and compassionate and my, and me and my judgmentalism just didn't understand. But, but you know, the truth is I would be like, look, Timmy needs Jesus every week. Didn't I thought Jesus saves you once and for all. Why is, why is Timmy coming back here to get saved all over again a week later? I think he's just addicted to the emotional high of the whole thing. Sorry. That's my two cents. I'm going to hell. I know, you know, like, and of course I never, could actually say that, but that's how I felt about it. And I would ask my dad about it. My dad as a minister is very compassionate. He would say something like, well, you know, for some people that's, they haven't yet figured out how to be close to God in a very everyday kind of way. And so when they come to church on, on Sundays, or when they come to youth group, there's going to be this feeling of needing to have a big emotional experience because they're, they're, not yet able to have smaller and more regular emotional experiences with God. Wise guy, right? <laughs> my, my father, very wise minister. I said, well, thanks, dad. Like that, that makes a lot of sense to me, I guess. But I remember just feeling like there was something not quite right about that. Um, and that's, you know, looking back on it, I understand that, um, you know, there's a bit of a hypocrite in me back then because I actually loved the same kinds of things, but in very different ways, you know? Um, and as a Sun Pluto person, one of the things that I came to realize, one of my biggest insights ever was in year 10 of drinking ayahuasca, I started repeating, repeatedly um, seeing that memory of me being like, why is Timmy always coming up here to get saved again? And I was like, well, you know, why am I coming up here to slug some kind of crazy, you know, psychedelic beverage and like get shot out the cosmic, you know, birth canal? And struggle for my existence and, you know, face heaven and hell. And like, I was like, what am I doing? And it wasn't that you know, like, and believe me, like those 10 years of drinking ayahuasca, um, I would not be who I am today. I would not be in a clean, sober lifestyle. I wouldn't know how to be a father. I wouldn't know how to be a husband. Like th those experiences, I wouldn't have yoga. Those experiences, um, I, I, there's not enough positive things that I could say about what they did for my life. But I also realized that this could not go on forever. <clears throat> because there was a way in which I was starting to realize that there was my own need for like a um, sort of ob obsessive drive to have a, a catharsis, you know, like a, oh, I've, I've got to get saved again. I've got to have this kind of, um, and, and I, and I noticed this on social media too, you know, this when social media was younger and newer, it was like, there's a, I don't see it as much anymore. Maybe it's just like I've changed in terms of how the algorithm works or something, but I would notice people like, you know, having altar calls on social media. I just can't, you know, like little video clips of people being like, 
I've, I need to change. I'm doing it. I'm blowing it all up. Like just con- confessional style, you know, rants about how I'm transforming or, you know, and I think this is just human. I just I, no, you know, not trying to um, minimalize anyone's pain or suffering or whatever, but, you know, just that, that need that we have to like, kind of obsessively demonstrate, oh, I'm born again. I'm, I've died and I've been reborn. I have some new understanding. I faced my demon. I purged this thing. I'm, I'm, you know, whatever. So how do we, in other words, how, how do we um, honor this archetypal complex of sun Pluto in our lives while also not being grabbed by it, not being taken over by it to the extent that we become, you know, alter addicts where we're we're falling over, repenting, and and asking to be born again. You know, every two seconds. Um, for me, as the sun was opposing Pluto over the summer, I realized like oh, I'm I'm literally going into um, a situation where I'm you know like um, grappling with the sun and Pluto through these jujitsu experiences, which I really enjoyed. But I was also like, first of all, they're for me just just speaking personally, not to anyone else who's into jujitsu out there, but they were terrifying. They were very cathartic, healing, regenerative. You know, it was like a physical masculine altar call every week of just like grappling with these forces and and visiting all sorts of, you know, of course, for me, psychologically, it offered a really rich um, place to reflect upon and explore um, elements of the masculinity in my own psyche and so forth. And so, but it was so intense, you know, I broke a rib. (laughs) <laughs> and then I had this really funny thing happen. You guys want to hear something really crazy? A sun was opposing Pluto on my chart. So I had this dream after I broke my rib or fractured it where um, from, you know, my, my given name when I was born, not my uh, initiated name as a monk, but my given name is Adam. And uh, I had this dream where after I broke my rib, where, uh, you know, it was kind of like an archetypal image of Adam's rib uh, being taken to create Eve. And it was this, moment of also realizing like um uh, there's something um in i think uh, not just my own but i think in the male psyche in general that uh, has not yet um there's a way in which something of the masculine I- image and it's very sun pluto i think a very there's other archetypes too mars maybe mars pluto but that needs to be broken down in order to create and give space for the divine feminine. And I'm just speaking purely of, you know, the aspects of, you know, people who identify as male or masculine who need to grapple with and come to terms with the the feminine aspect of their psyche. And so it was really funny that when I, I, I broke my rib and I had this dream about feminine being made, and it felt like it was like the, the feminine being made more whole and complete within myself um, through this breaking of the rib and this archetypal dream image of, uh, the rib of Adam creating Eve and stuff like that. And, um, that was all sun Pluto. I was like one of my, and I was, you can, I, I see a Jungian therapist. One of the things I highly recommend if you're someone who reads charts for other people is to have someone you speak to pretty regularly, because you're going to need to process, you know, if you're not processing your own stuff with, with someone, um, I mean, I love to meditate, I love to pray. I mean, my daily practices as a monk are great, but also having that counseling dynamic if you're going to speak to other people. So every week I meet with a Jungian therapist. And um, so that was like, that was rich content for us to, you know, to, to go into dream work together like that. Um, that was a, that was a, that was a big one. So 
Um, so at any rate, uh, I'm just rambling now, but, um, the other thing I was going to say, okay, so there's in the hero worship, going back to hero worship for a second, hero worship is important because you can't just, you know, there's a light and, and dark side to all archetypal complexes. Usually the dark side comes in when the complex is not made conscious that we are not the complex, but the soul has a relationship with the complex as um, uh, like a mandala of images that it wants to explore through experience. And, you know, the sun Pluto and the need for rebirth, the need for heroism, the need to overcome something um, that, you know, we have to honor that without getting it, you know, what is the real meaning of idolatry? Right? Have you ever thought about that? Not like idolatry, you know, you, you're not a Christian, you worship some pagan image or something. It's not like that. But what's the real meaning of idolatry? The real meaning of idolatry is that we get so enamored and caught up by a, an archetypal complex, which is a God, right? That we forget the soul. And when we forget the soul, then the re- we can't have a relationship with the God, which is an aspect of God. So when you try to identify with an archetypal image that is, in a sense, a God or a complex of gods, then what you're doing is you're being identified with the God. And at which point that kind of psychic conflation um, is idolatry because ultimately God doesn't want us to be identifying ourselves as God or with God, but entering into um, a conscious, meaningful, participatory relationship where our own agency and ontology is alive and well within the dynamic. That's the meaning of an enlightened connection with our source. Idolatry would be getting overly identified and seized, grabbed by the complexes, which ultimately, as my guru says about karmic experiences in this realm, are ultimately all there also for us. Because when we come through these experiences, the soul can't be destroyed. The soul can't, um, you know, the, the soul can't get lost in these experiences forever. It's only temporary that it does we experience the karma of doing so. And when we do so, it's like, okay, well, I had that experience and, you know, it taught me something. And usually I come out with more reflective participatory awareness, self-consciousness. I come out and I'm like, okay, well, I got identified in this thing. So there's a role that it plays, this this, um, tendency to conflate ourselves with an archetype or an image, to grabbed or seized by it. It it teaches us, it's slowly awakening us, but also... um, we can't just, they can't just do the work for us, right? We, we, the, the consciousness takes effort with our own will and agency. So one of the ultimate meanings, in my opinion, of the sun square Pluto or any hard sun Pluto aspect is that um, there is a way in which we are going to get seized by things. And there's also the need to rise up and have an, an individuated experience where I can, I can come away and see myself in uh, the light that goes beyond the struggle um, that I'm not, I'm not ultimately made or broken by whether I come out on top or not with the forces that I struggle with. Um, if we can come to that realization, then slowly it's like, okay, I'm a being, you know, <laughs> and like I'm, and there's a, there's a sense of our own eternal nature that starts to emerge. And that light goes beyond the literal duality between light and dark that is often made manifest in a sun Pluto dynamic. So anyway, I hope this was fun for you. I wanted to share a little bit more personally with you since I have this aspect in my birth chart. I also love to hear from you guys. 
who have sun Pluto squares in your birth chart or sun Pluto op, um, oppositions or whatever you might have in your birth chart. If you have a sun Pluto story, you'd like to share, use the hashtag grabbed and then put in the aspect sun square Pluto, tell your story, keep it really short and concise. Uh, give us an illustration of sun Pluto in your life over the weekend. If you want to, we'll be probably telling some of these stories later next week or the week after when sun and Mars go through the squares, we'll reflect back on some of this in another uh, episode of storytelling. Don't forget again, my new class is coming up ancient astrology for the modern mystic. I'm really excited to share all of that with you guys. If you want to read my book, by the way, um, I'll just flash it up on the screen in case you've never heard of it or even know what I'm talking about. Most people uh, know this about me, but I kind of came to, um, I came to um, astrology and yoga vis-a-vis about a decade worth of um, delving into ayahuasca shamanism. Here's my book, Fishers of Men, the Gospel of an Ayahuasca Vision Quest. You get on Kindle or uh, though it's not in print, the, the hardcover is not in print anymore, but you can pick up a used copy, I'm pretty sure, um, or uh, Kindle. So if you guys want to read it, just know that I was like in my mid to late 20s when I wrote it. So, so it's, a, it's a long time ago that I, I wrote this book. Um, and um, uh, in some ways, I wouldn't write the same book again. But um, I, th I think just in terms of a Sun Pluto book, it's about as Sun Pluto as it gets. So anyway, I hope you guys have a great weekend. And we will see you all again on Monday. Take it easy, everyone. Bye.